The following podcast may contain explicit language. You're listening to the CNE TV podcast presented by CNE Creative, a program for aspiring filmmakers and TV professionals talking to the people that make it happen. Hello and welcome to the CNE TV podcast. Today I'm joined with Grebel Drinkwater. Uh, welcome, Grebel. Hi, good John. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, so, uh, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do in the industry. Okay, well, um, I'm a television cameraman. Um, so, I operate uh, both outside broadcast cameras for sports and also studio base. Uh, I also am um, a specialised camera operator, so I operate uh, Jimmy Chips or remote camera heads. Um, I own a company called Southern Camera Trades, which um, we've got a, a few uh, Jimmy Jibs, uh, 40 foot, 30 foot, etc. And uh, yeah, basically that's what I do. So I, um, I work in the, in the professional side, so in the broadcast area, uh, for all the networks and on a freelance basis. Awesome, awesome. What's the favourite thing about your job? So do you prefer like the OB side of it? Do you prefer the remote head stuff or is it all the same? Oh, there's so many, so many facets. Um, our industry is like no other industry. It's amazing. It really is. The people in our industry are very like-minded. We're very creative people. And that's what I love about the industry, that not any one day can be the same. Yeah. Regardless if you're, work, you, if you're working on drama or you're working on sports or you're working on hostings at studios. For instance, I do a lot of work at Fox Footy in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're just doing normal hosting work, no day is exactly the same. Yeah, you know, it, it depends on the host. The host could be different, or or whatever. So I can't say that I actually enjoy one thing from the other. I, I do a lot of sports. I do motor racing, sort of V8s, mm-hmm. and also Formula One, which I love doing. Yeah, but I love doing studio work. I love doing drama when I. Um, in 2003, I was in England um, working for the BBC, and I. I was fortunate enough to, to work on EastEnders wow. and, and Casualty and, and Blue Peter and a lot of those big shows over there. And loved it, absolutely loved it. And again, it's not something that I would go, oh, I just want to do drama yeah. or I, would, I just want to do sports. It's just camera operating and not that just camera operating, it's the whole skill process mm. of creativity and I love it. It's mm. great. And that's, that's one thing. I know there's a lot of people that love doing reality. Yeah. Um, but if you did reality every single day, you get to a point and go, yeah, I'm a bit sick of this. Yeah. It's great having a variety. Yeah. A variety, of, a variety of, that's a good thing being a camera operator, um, is that you can have a variety yeah. of different things. Um, I had a question about, like, obviously the last time I worked with you was on the F1. Um, yeah. The work that I saw you do was hands down the best ever shoulder cam operating I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> I was amazed. Thanks. Hey, I'll give you 50 bucks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, I was, yeah, because I was just, I've never seen a shoulder shot be that smooth whilst tracking backwards. It was incredible. Um, I was while, while dodging punters. Yeah, yeah or <laughs> tires coming across the, the raceway, like just everything. Like, um, how did you, like, sort of develop that and practice and um, hone that sort of skill? Well, you hit it on the head there, it's practice. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's just practice and practice and practice. Um, it, it comes down to a lot of a lot of factors also. 
that if you walk backwards or forward, you've got a camera on your shoulder. So if you just walk normally, you're going to be doing this, mm. these ones. So you've almost got to change the way you walk. Yeah. You've got to glide. Yeah. And that's, that's the way to do it. You just keep practicing that, and then it just becomes second nature. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, because I, I remember I was, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I, And you do get sort of get used to it being up there, but it's such a, yeah, mm. it's hard to put it into perspective if, for someone who's never held a, held a camera like that. <laughs> yeah, look, and you know what? It's a lot of people who, the, the broadcast cameras, so the ones that we use on um, on the F1s and also on the V8s, it's only, um, it's only 800, so they're quite heavy. Um, mm. And they're XD cams, so you can record on camera. But the heavier, the better. Mm. A lot of people say, you know, oh, why don't you use a smaller camera? You know, these... Um, mate of mine or my cousin or my friend or whatever has just bought one from um, Michael's camera store. It's fantastic. It's, you know, 4K, the whole lot. Yeah, that's all really good. It's really light. The lighter it is, the more movement you're going to get unless yeah. you've got a stabilised lens. Mm. But when you've got a heavy camera on your shoulder, it locks in, it's there, it's solid, and you can hold it, you know, the lens, etc. And it's just... It just becomes part of your body. Mm. And that's that's the difference between having a light camera. And that's why the broadcast cameras aren't so light, mm. too, because they could make them light, no problem at all. But you want that sturdiness. You want that stability. And that's yeah. why they are heavy. Yeah. How important is fitness, uh, especially as a camera operator, and keeping your body healthy? Because I know a lot of uh, operators that complain about back problems and stuff Back like that. problems, yeah. yeah. Yeah, back problems are the biggest issue, definitely. Yeah. Um, look, it's it's a strange one. I, I try and get fit. I just turned 47 the other day, and and I've been lucky. I haven't had major back issues. Yeah. Um, you, you do need to try and keep fit. Um, I do I do a little bit of weights, but more um, more just strengthening of the upper body, back area and mm. shoulders. Um, when it is really easy, if you get stuck, uh, not stuck, but if you specialise in, in built-up cameras, say on the football, mm. rugby, whatever, as far as you're just standing there on a built-up long-lens camera, mm. and that's all you do. Yeah. You're not doing any manual labour. You're not lifting the camera. You're not lifting and basically doing a physical job. Your body will eventually adapt to what that is because it doesn't yeah. need to use those muscles. Yeah. So as soon as someone picks up a camera and says, oh, mate, you're on portable, you'll be doing the RF camera on the boundary for the footy, they're going, oh, um, I haven't done that for a while. Yeah. As soon as they put it on their shoulder and they're doing, oh, oh those, those muscles that they haven't been using mm. are suddenly using them and that's when they tweak their back. Yeah. yeah. They all can do it. All the camera operators can do portable and they're great at it. It's just that if they don't do it a lot, that's when their fitness level becomes... Different. Uh, less. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm more than happy. I love doing portable um, because it does keep my, my fitness level up mm. and it's, it just helps. And you do. You need to look after yourself. If you do let yourself go, you will feel it. Yeah, Absolutely for sure. You feel it. Um, I had a quick question. So uh, did you go to uni or TAFE or did you do like a um, one of those courses when you were starting out to get into the industry? That's a really good question. Um no, I didn't. Um, my father was in the industry. Oh, wow. So he, he owned a production company called Chelsea Studio. 
and they were from the about 1980, 1979, to about 1989. So it went for about 11 years. Mm. And they filmed a lot of commercials. I think it's directed like 900 or 1,000 commercials on TV. So a huge amount of commercials. Wow. And his company were based in, um, in Moorabbin. And as a little tacker, I was seven, eight years old, and I used to go to the studios on, on school holidays. So I used to, I was surrounded by TV. Yeah. All my life, basically. Um, picking up cameras, old ikigamis and uh, HLs and, and bits and pieces and watching it and, and in the OB truck that he had and going out on location and when he had the contract for the VFA footy. So I, as a little guy, I was totally surrounded by it. But when I left school, I studied acting. Oh, wow. So that was, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, when, you, when your father's in the industry making commercials and they need a little kid to be on the commercial <laughs> and he's really cheap they go yeah. i know a kid yeah let's get my son <laughs> well let's get Gremont. yeah okay so i was that kid so i ended up doing like a dozen commercials on tv and, and all that and i actually really enjoyed it and i still do and that's what i did when i left school i studied acting and uh and i loved it and to this day i mean i, I still love it but the funny thing is when i when i did it i was also singing in bands and I was, I was working in a surf shop, and life was great. I was loving it. <laughs> then I got to a point when I was around 23, so it's about 96, 97. I said, I better, I better get a real job. Mm. And that's when I started, and I applied to Channel 9 as a camera assist, and I got the job. And my first job as a camera assist was on Hey Hey Saturday. Oh, wow. Show. Yeah, yeah, so that was my very first job. With Potsy? And with Potsy directing, yeah, yeah. and um, people I still work with now. So um, Wayne Morley, I was camera assistant to Wayne Morley, who is a very close friend of mine, and I work with him at Fox, and yeah. nicknamed Nos, great cameraman. He does the Formula Ones and, and everything, yeah. and I was his camera assistant. Wow, that's awesome. So that was in 1997, so <laughs> I, um, what's it now, that's 23 years ago. So that's when I started making a living out of being... Yeah. In, in television. Yeah. Wow, that's so, awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, uh, yeah, wow. How did how has the industry changed from when you first sort of got into it to nowadays with everything that's happening with on-demand services? Um, obviously, like, sport is still live, um, but a lot of, like, other shows, like, even... Um, I, think one of, I think, like, Dancing with the Stars is one of the only live sort of entertainment um, broadcast shows now. Yeah, broadcast variety shows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how has it changed from when you started to now? Oh, it's been a huge change. I mean, when, just in format. Yeah. So when, when I started, we filmed in 4x3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, and so basically to give you an idea, when I... Um, so when I started at, at 9.97, then I was working on Rove, which was at Channel 9, yeah. and then as a freelancer. So then when not Rove went to Channel 10, that's when I went and started working at Channel 10 on Rove, etc. That was still 4 by 3 And then it went to 14 by 9 Oh, wow. Not 16 by 9 14 by 9 that's... But we had to still frame for 4 3 so we're here, oh, you know, like this, yeah. and then it's, it's, it was really bizarre. So all the cameramen, camera operators, are, are framing 4x3, 
because all our tickers and our supers and yeah. everything was in 4-3, but then you had all this extra space on the <laughs> side, and we're all freaking out going, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. There's all this widescreen stuff. Oh, and great. then 14-9 went to 16-9. And we know, and as you would know, you would you know no different. 16-9, yeah. that's the way it is. It's yeah. widescreen. That's, but for us, it was a huge... Uh, not challenge, but it was so different. Yeah. And also the viewfinders were yes. black and white. Yeah. All viewfinders are black and white. Yeah. They're not colour. I and find when it... they suddenly became colour, we're like, whoa, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I find it so hard to look through a black and white because it just looks like a, I don't know, it's just dips so, I'm just so used to colour viewfinders now that when I go to a yeah. black and white, you can't find the focus. It's like, it's a lot harder for me. But yeah, it's like even like um, like you you discuss like um, growing up in '69, how that's changed. Like yeah. I grew up on CDs and like tapes were going out of fashion. Like that's, that's how right. late yeah. I was. Like I can't imagine carrying a deep like an like a, a better cam or something like with a tape box or something next with to with a you. BBU. Just, yeah, like I and like that's part yeah. of the reason why I wanted to do the ACS courses because I wanted to learn how to load film. And like right. stuff like that, because I, I, it's yeah. so fascinating. But yeah, I sort of missed out on all that stuff. Um, yeah, well, films, film, films are dying art. Yeah, yeah, it's and a dying it's, um, uh, yeah. I wish we did more of it. Um, well, it's great that I mean, you, your um, generation, which is great. Your generation are technically more advanced than what we are, mm. because you have been brought up with. This technology, which is huge, yeah, 4K, um, 8K. Yeah, you're using red cameras. You're using, you know, Aries. You're using um, Lumiere's, and, and you name it, the whole lot. Um, and the new, I mean, obviously the new uh, F55s and F50s and all those cameras. They're all digital cameras, and they're beautiful. They look amazing. Um, you, you are so au fait with that technology, but we had to learn. Mm. When you were basically that's that's your thing, like bang. So from here on, you guys are, are steps ahead of us. Mm. Steps ahead. Yeah. And um, and that's great. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, with the gear, uh, I've got a question from a listener, Lockie Port. Um, he's one of our Deacon um, students that I, I go to school with. Yeah. Um, he he wants to know uh, what's the best way to get experience with equipment if you're like a student and you don't have access to that stuff yeah that's a hard one um probably the best yeah i mean you learn you learn on the job another way is to put your hand up and be a camera assist for short films mm. so that's probably the best way to cut your teeth if you know someone a, a dp camera operator uh, lighting cameraman who's, who's going to be filming a short film for a student or someone, say, a VCA or, yep. or maybe a deacon or, or, or whatever, um, become a camera assist. Yeah. When you're a camera assist, you're going to learn from the person who knows how to operate the camera. Mm. And I haven't come across any camera operator yet, touch wood, <laughs> um, that doesn't give their knowledge to someone who wants to learn. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're keen, they will teach you. Yeah. 
when you're not keen, they'll sense it and they'll just go, yeah, no worries, okay, just put that over there, blah, 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 blah. They won't give you much. Mm. But if you are keen, they'll give you everything. Mm. And that's the best way, have the right attitude. And if you can if you can speak to camera operators that do a lot of location stuff and see if they need an assistant. And if they do need an assistant, put your hand up. Yeah. And definitely. that's the way you learn. You're on, on the job training. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to go and hire um, cameras from your Lemax and camera equipment, et cetera, and, or, or video craft and then spend a day using it, mm. I think best way would be to you know, crawl before you can walk, be a camera assist, learn the ropes, then go from there. Yeah. And it won't take long. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the best way. I yeah. mean, that's how I learn. Yeah. How important do you think, like, uh, mentors or, um, uh, <laughs> like, oh, I don't know how to phrase the, phrase the question, but, like, how important is it having a senior operator to try and find and learn things from? Um, Oh, absolutely. Very important. Very important. Um, Experience is everything. Mm. I mean, I I looked at, um, I watched, I observed, I I just saw their little idiosyncrasies and the way they worked on the studio floor or out on on location, the way they set up cameras. That's how you learn. Mm. Um, You'll notice one thing too, with with Channel 7 in, in Melbourne and Channel 9, a lot of the old school camera operators had a different way of focus. Yeah. So on the tennis, every year we would have an issue where they go, you Channel 9 or Channel 6? Yeah. So <laughs> they had to switch on the focus uh, demand. Yeah. So at Channel 9, if you're right, if you if the, the um, throwing away from you, opposition's going away, yeah. you throw. Yeah. So you throw. Yeah. With Channel 7, it's the other way. They pull. Yeah, that's so weird. Do you, what, what do you do? Whatever you're taught, it's whichever way you're taught. There is no right or wrong way. What What do you do? Do you throw... I throw. Yeah, same. It's channel nine. Yeah. I'll, I'll, it's yeah. just, it's just yeah. the way that in my head, like if they're going further away, you want to go further away. And then That's it's right. Like and it's weird. whatever works for you though because yeah. also in, in as a Jimmy Jib operator, hot head operator, mm. I operate the joystick or the wheels mm. a different way to what a lot of other people do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if I if I'm on the joystick and I want to I want to um to tilt up, I'll push up. Mm. If I want to tilt down, I'll tilt down. Mm. If I want to pan right, I'll pan right. If I want to pan left, I'll pan left. Um, well, a lot of people with um who operators, they if they want to look up, they'll pull down. Yeah. It's like a helicopter. Yeah. You want to go up, you pull back. Yeah. It's so weird. So a lot of it's it's strange. Whatever way you talk. There is no right or wrong way. Yeah, definitely. But this this is one that will throw a spanner in the works. When you operate an edge camera on sticks, you've got your hand on the on the um, focus wheel here. Yeah. And you've got your yeah, zoom to your man. other hand on the on the arm um, thing. You're using your right hand. Yeah. Do the zoom. Yeah. Your left hand's doing the focus. But when you're on a built-up <laughs> kit, yeah, your focus is in the right. And you zoomed on the left. That always messed with me. Like when I <laughs> yeah. first started, it was right. the weirdest thing. Um, yeah. And then at church, like their, theirs was flipped. So the zoom demand was in the left and then right was focused, uh, which is what I'm used to. And then, yeah, you do back. Which is what the BBC did. Yeah. It's, the BBC upright that way. It's so, so I had to get my head around that. And then you go back to, yeah, left hand, mm. front on the lens and then right on the zoom. It's yeah. just, 
Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, wow. look, there's no right or wrong way. Yeah. There is, there, it's whatever way works for you. As long as you get the shot and everything's framed and everything looks like a Rembrandt, the producer, the client's happy. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I've worked with... So, you know, the director's happy. That's what you want to make sure. Yeah. The director's happy. I've worked with some operators that, um, like Noel Jones and that, that use the, um, oh, yeah. the uh, I don't well, I don't know what you call it, but it's like the screw that you screw into the zoom, the zoom demand, so you manually rack. Yeah. Zoom, I don't yeah, know so that's basically you just taking the server out of the zoom. Yeah, yeah, and you're using it's the manual. It's just a nut. Yeah, yeah, It's a nut yeah. that screws into it, and you can just use the zoom. So it's actually quick. You can do much quicker. You can do crash zooms. Yeah. But but like, Noel so Jones is a gun. It's it was so crazy to see his work. Mm. Like we were, we were, we were uh, it was the AFL Grand Final, and yep. we we're doing all the um like cine slow mo stuff on the F fifty fives, and we had a fifty to a thousand yeah. mil, like a massive lens, um, and his ability to rack smoothly at speed to track that stuff was just I've never seen anything like it. Like on a production yeah. kit, not a not a not a broadcast kit. It was yeah. Ridiculous. Because that's that's the old school way of doing it. Too. Yeah. So Noel's got a film background. Yeah. Too, and that's what you do with those those lenses, um, zoom lens on a film camera. It's not not automatic. You'd have to do that manually. Yeah. And that's what that's why Noel has been trained. He's he's done that for so long, but that's what he's used to, and that's why he's he's so good. He's yeah. a gun, and he's a lovely bloke. Oh, he's, yeah. He's, he's so around. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, Grav, do you have any other goals that you want to achieve? Obviously, you're an extremely accomplished um, and highly sought-after camera operator. Um, is there anything else you want to sort of do? Do you want to go more into film? Do you want to do something else? In, like, where do you want to go? Um, yeah, that, that's a really hard question. Um, I've, I've worked... I've been fortunate enough to, to, to work at the BBC and work for the biggest... Networks in in the world and French Open for three years. I've done all that. There's only one thing that I haven't done, and it's and it's I really want to do. Mm. I haven't done the Winter Olympics. Oh really? Oh, and cool. I really want to do the Winter Olympics. Yeah, that's one bucket list, and that's the only one I want to do is is the Winter Olympics. And I'm hoping one day that I do get that chance because I've I've never had that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I would love to do it. That's 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 probably my. Um, once I've done that, I'll go. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you? Are, were you going to go to Tokyo this year? Or no. Okay. No, I, ha I um. Yeah, I just haven't had the opportunity. Uh, a lot of, a lot of times when the when the Winter Olympics is up, I've always been booked for other work. Yeah. Um. So I, I kind of need to, maybe contact some right people and say, look, here I am, I'm available. But also, again, our world has changed. Yeah. Um, for, for camera operators or for, for television and film um, broadcast professionals, going overseas, we used to do that a lot. Yeah. A lot. Now, it's not as much. Mm. They will employ locals or, or um, lo local countries. Mm. It's easier, it's cheaper accommodation, flights, etc. Um, I will tend to do that now, apart from, opposed to bringing Australians over, which makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it makes a, an economical um, sense, so logistical sense too. Yeah, um, Which is a problem. I used to used to be away a lot, now, not as much. Yeah, I've noticed that. So that could, 
that could damage my chances of doing that which I'm to say yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I'll, I'll end on this final question so uh, what advice do you have for people finishing uni right now like where should they okay. go okay the only advice okay um, it, and I probably got this from my father my father was a lecturer at Box Hill Tate the film and television course yeah and he said to me he goes most of the work, most of the people who come out of his course, and there is a lot of people in our industry that have come out of Box Hill Tate. Yeah. He says, it's all attitude. It's attitude. 90% of it is attitude. You've got to have the right attitude. You're not going to, if you have an attitude where you think you're going to finish the course and go out there and get a job straight away and earn $100,000 a year, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We do this job because we love it. We're creative people. We're creative beings. That's why we got into the industry. We love it. That's why we do it. Yeah. If you do it to make a lot of money, you're in the wrong industry. Yeah. If you do it 10 years, 20 years down the track and you do make a lot of money, perfect, yeah. great. But if that's what you think you're going to do straight away, it's not going to happen. Yeah. As long as you've got that creative hat on and you want to learn and you listen and watch and learn and not be thick skinned but have a laugh have yeah. a sense of humour you'll go a long way you'll yeah. go so far yeah if you think that you're better than anyone else it's not going to work mm. you need to be a team player mm. you have to be a team player that's what we do and that's why we have television crews and film crews because it's a crew it's a teamwork but if you come out and be a team player you, you'll, the world will be your oyster. Mm. You'll have work forever. Mm. That's the only advice I can say: is listen, learn, take note, um, show respect, and and learn as much as you can, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Grav. That's been my awesome. pleasure. Thank Absolute you very much pleasure, for mate. our chat. I've learned a lot, and like it's great having a chat about um, your past and where you've come from, and what advice you give us um, as young film and TV professionals coming out of uni.